Hello, this is Anna Bogutskaya. And I am Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, we meet the son of Bloody Face. The Monsignor takes on a new protege and Lana taunts Bloody Face. OG Bloody Face. There's two Bloody Faces now. Love it. Yes. We need to differentiate between Papa Bloody Face and the son of Bloody Face. Papa Bloody Face. (laughs) I love it. Papa Bloody Face. I mean, uh, like... This episode is a lot compared to the previous one. The previous one was just Murder Santa, and here it's like Dynasty. There's almost so much going on that I was a little tiny bit bored. (laughs) I hate to confess this. I don't know. It's just, just, occasionally you get an episode in American Horror Story where it's such an, such like an info dump. Mm-hmm. That there's no, there's you know, you, you don't get as much room for the fun things like the murder and the butts and the ridiculous <laughs> dialogue. There is a very, very good alien scene, though, which I'm excited to talk about. True. True. I did like the alien scene. I did like it. Let's start from the beginning. So one of the, well, the key thing of the episode is we're in the present day and we meet... Johnny Morgan, who reveals himself in therapy to be the son of Bloody Face. And then he murders the therapist because obviously. But (laughs) and it's Dr. Ben Harmon himself coming back to the AHS fold, which I was very excited to see. I love that his name's Johnny Morgan. It sounds like a whiskey. Johnny Morgan. I'm pretty sure pretty sure it isn't it is a whiskey isn't well, it well i guess there's like is is captain morgan that's rum and i don't know johnny johnny morgan i don't know just sounds like i want to pour a glass of it with some ice cubes oh it's johnny walker the whiskey johnny walker Almost. johnny walker captain morgan it's a new cocktail the johnny morgan <laughs> the <laughs> son of bloody face cocktail <laughs> You just pour rum and whiskey into a glass and there you go. That's it. Enjoy yourself. Go skin a cat. I should add context to that. It's because he he does the whole like psychopath confession where he's like, when I was a child, I had impulses. Um, And the lady's like, oh, yeah, masturbation. He's like, no, I skinned a cat. I need to not say things without context when it comes to talking about this show. (laughs) I just died. I did. I loved the... Oh, I just imagine you saying that to someone in real life. (laughs) No, don't skin. No, no no one skin cats. Please don't. I did really enjoy <laughs> the therapist line of um, because she's talking about she's kind of a hypnotherapist and she's very good at helping people break bad habits. And yeah. so she takes one look at him and she's like, "Oh, are you? Mm. Oh, she's like, are you here for to help you stop smoking?" He's like, "No, I don't smoke." 
And then she says, well, it doesn't look like you need to lose any weight. Oh, he's hot. <laughs> the man's hot. Uh... We've established it very early on. <laughs> this is a hot man. So I just enjoyed I enjoyed that, the sort of shamelessness of that line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he does look very good in his, like, disheveled lumberjack, ex-con, like, covered in prison tattoos. Does skin cats, does murder people. Red flag, but he does look Look, very nice. to quote some like it hot, nobody's perfect, so... <laughs> yes. Um I mean okay, this is this is a no spoilers episode, but like it doesn't really take that much to figure out who Johnny Morgan's parents are. Like obviously Bloody Face is the father and almost literally in the next scene we find out that Lana is pregnant. So it's pretty clear whose baby this is. Yeah it's not too hard to connect the dots like i can't imagine them like episode 10 we're introducing a completely new woman the mother of bloody face (laughs) bloody shoulder (laughs) bloody foot but yeah i don't know she just have like a different part of her body that she likes to cover in people's skin i don't know Uh, i'm sorry (laughs) What did you think of the um so there's there's quite a lot of um there's quite a lot of conversation there's quite a lot of um ten scenes between bloody face and Lana here the papa bloody face I'm referring to and she she tells him that she is pregnant because of his rape and um threatens threatens him well actually tells him that she's going to uh, perform an abortion on herself but dynamic between them is quite tense and I was wondering what your thoughts were on their scenes I mean just genuinely this is a very dark storyline um because his sort mm. of I don't know his just just his desperation to to make her keep the baby because he sort of he mm. Views himself as having some sort of possession over the baby, over the baby, which is like so morally repugnant. Mm. The fact that you know this child was the result of a rape, you know, and the fact that he has the audacity to to come here now and say, you know, why don't I have a decision with in what you do with this with this pregnancy? Um, yeah, it's kind of horrifying. Mm. It's just pretty horrifying yeah it is and uh it's again like we discussed in in last week's episode i think the scene kind of underneath all of the the kind of the over the topness of it does tap into you know the idea of who of women's freedom to have control over their own bodies and whether to decide whether they they choose to be pregnant or not whether they choose to carry a pregnancy to term or not and these still pervasive attitudes of people who think that they have control over women's bodies and over their decisions uh, of what to do with them and with their with their pregnancies and <sighs> bloody face just kind of is a perfect example of that like you can you can almost see 
the 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 politics speaking through him well yeah that's the thing it sort of immediately connects to um these sort of like awful talking points in conservative politics where you know there is mm. this sort of there is often this conversation about you know pregnancies that are the results of assaults and and it's it's just sort of that's the thing it's it's men talking about someone else's body and and not knowing not possibly mm. they, they had no idea couldn't possibly know what it's like to have gone through that experience what they're feeling now what they want you know what's right for them is you know a bunch of men in suits in a room mm-hmm. you know deciding things on behalf of women and i think that there is an echo of that here you know because it's it's just you know mm-hmm. how could bloody faith possibly sure. you know he what what does he know what does he know about like what lana is feeling mm. right now her experience you know it's it's that horrific sort mm. of yeah sense of authority and that desire for ownership over uh, a woman's like soul <laughs> and body and soul and we'll we'll get back to them in a bit but to we do get a continuation of the murder santa plot from last episode i'm not exactly sure how but murder santa does survive having his neck slashed by sister jude (laughs) he's alive he's alive (laughs) which is great because we get a bit more ian mcshane and what happens is that your favorite character the monsignor takes him under his wing as a you know born again christian oh because he's like this will be great for my career because like everyone's gonna <laughs> love it if i make the murder santa born yeah a, a convert to christ mm-hmm. that's gonna take me a path right to rome baby um am i allowed to say what happens next are we jumping forward because yeah let's I'm, do it i'm excited I... to say this <laughs> i know you are go on <laughs> So, I mean, it's just a perfect setting. He's baptizing <laughs> Murder Santa, and Murder Santa's like, boom, drowning you in the baptism uh, bath. The the big bath. It's like for the adult baptisms. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then he just fully crucifies him, which is really grim. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and he's dead now, so sorry about it. Deeply satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> So he's dead now. It's a fitting end for the Monsignor. Yeah, and I mean the the image of him on the cross is sort of like, I guess it's like laced with irony because he saw himself <laughs> as basically Jesus, like the next um, coming of Jesus. So there you go. He got he got his wish. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so down on this character, <laughs> even though he... <laughs> there are literal murderers on this show, and I'm just like, ugh, this priest who's a bit too career focused not into it <laughs> do you know what i enjoy it i i enjoy the like the passionate hatred of this this really sad, really sad career obsessed i just priest. look i'll be to, to be honest like i i hate religious hypocrisy because you know religion uh-huh. is is for a person can be such a salvation can make people really find peace with themselves can make people find community and like when people like the bud come along and f- 
like fuck about with it and and just manipulate like pure things for evil ends mm. i i'm not into it <laughs> i'm not into it at all it's a pet peeve you could say pet peeve <laughs> is a small word for it but um <laughs> i i to dislike religious hypocrisy but also i have no time for spineless people and especially spineless career obsessed men because usually they yes. don't actually have any values and it's everything is entirely self-serving and they are the least trustworthy people you can meet because they will change their mind and their allegiances in order to benefit them in the short term and I hate that in every single yeah. setting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're glad he's dead. That's what we're saying. He doesn't even deserve the angel of death. <laughs> to bring it back to Brycliffe, like the thing that I think kind of makes the Monsignor also so hateable is the way that he treats Sister Jude. Like we go from them being very pally pally and sister jude obviously having a big crush on him as well and she's now an inmate at barcliff and he does this horrific like he orchestrates this horrific meeting between her and the murder santa and it's i mean it's a great scene because we get more jessica lang and ian mcshane acting <laughs> off of each other but it's so devastating because he's the he's the person that she had so much faith in and he is not only imprisoned her and stripped her of her um position in the church which is the one thing that she was like holding on to her identity as sister jude as opposed to judy martin and then mm. she she gets attacked and defends herself and then he's taking the side of murder santa i mean jesus fucking christ Sorry, that's probably the least appropriate expression. Yeah, and just like having this stream of 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 witnesses to, it's sort of the a bit ridiculous because it's all these these people coming and saying, and she thinks that Arden is a Nazi, and she thinks that Mary Eunice is the devil, and it's like, I mean, what do you think's been going on? <laughs> Again. It's these Truly. these sisters who these other sisters who work at Briarcliff who are the sort of like unnamed <laughs> background extra sisters who just all going right over their head. <laughs> they just do, haven't seen the aliens, the Nazis, the demons, <laughs> the murderers. Just chilling. Yeah, they're like um. They remind me of. <laughs> have you seen the faculty? Yes. Do you know, like, um, Salma Hayek's nurse character, who is sort of like one of the last ones to be turned into an alien, and she's so ignorant of everything that's going on, even though everyone around her is acting super weird and is clearly been possessed by aliens. And that's 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 who those kind of unnamed other nuns at Barcliffe are. They're just like doop doop doop. Get just going to my job at the insane asylum and, you know, gonna have a lovely day and take care of some murderers and, you know, there is no aliens around. And meanwhile, it's like, oh, my new boss is Satan. Like, literally Satan. Just. 
<laughs> I mean, to be them. <laughs> I would love to be that unburdened by life. <laughs> yeah. Just happy-go-lucky, non-possessed nuns. Aspirational in many ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you make of... um? One of the things that's interesting that comes up next is Sister Jude now being an inmate at Briarcliffe and her new dynamic with Lana. Yeah, I mean, she has a sort of, I don't know, her character changes very quickly because she, she becomes a patient, immediately sits down with Lana and goes, I'm sorry for everything. I've been such a dickhead. <laughs> like, I, yeah, what I did was wrong. Like, it just all comes, like, out. <laughs> and, and mm. I guess they're best buddies now. Are they, though? No, I, I guess I was <laughs> exaggerating. And it's exaggerating for effect. But yeah, I just, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting scene. Yeah, I do love the fact that Sister Jude like um breaks the record, the Dominique record that she previously insisted on on playing continuously in the break room. It's like, you know, this is this is my offering to you. My offer of friendship is that I'm going to break this record that um I punished you for trying to stop when you first became an inmate. Yeah, it's taken all of this for me to realize that that song is actually quite annoying. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really want to move on to the aliens bit. Yes. Yes. Because this well. is... Uh, well, <laughs> where to begin? This plot is insane. Because <laughs> uh, Kit and Dr. Arden just hatch a plan together... Um, mm -hmm. because Dr. Arden, Dr. Arden has realized that aliens are real because he's trying to get rid of Grace's body and he's carting it down that big underground hallway and, um, there are lights, <laughs> there's alien stuff happens. Yeah. I don't, I like that when the <laughs> aliens appear, it, it sounds like the beginning of like a concert because <laughs> the lights are flashing <laughs> and it's like, Grrr! And I just imagine like Lady Gaga's gonna pop out, <gasps> start singing, <laughs> rain on me. <laughs> I don't know. It has real like um, first thirty seconds of a a pop gig vibes to it. Yes. Um, but anyways, he realizes that aliens are real. He's got little footprints to prove it. <laughs> it's fantastic. And so Kit and Arden hatch a plan where Arden's like, look. The aliens love you for some reason. <laughs> because, because every time you have sex with a woman, the aliens abduct them and um, uh, put little alien, impregnate them with little alien babies. So yes. uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kill you and then the aliens <laughs> will probably come and save your life. And yes. Kit hears all of this and he's like, cool let's do it <laughs> which is kit why you have just agreed that is kit in a nutshell 
He's like, sure. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know what? I'll come to it in a bit, but um, my favorite thing of your description of that scene is the fact that Dr. Arden is literally like, your big dick energy is so strong that it literally attracts aliens. I so, mean, that's that's it. Let's though. kill you and find out if I don't that know theory how is else correct. Because it. <laughs> yeah. it's like every time he he has sex with a lady, the aliens are like nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're into that. <laughs> we want a part of that. We want in. I just, I just have fully imagined an alien little green man, big black eyes, just being like. Nice. Right. <laughs> Watching this poor man have sex with other asylum patients. Uh, oh my god. That's so funny. You know what? I like when I I remember when I first watched Asylum, I hated the alien subplot, and now it's my favorite one. Yeah, I just I just I just love how <laughs> it's so out of nowhere. I mean <laughs> it's just like, look, guys. We've got this this asylum, all that shit's going on, but also just FYI, aliens are real. <laughs> it's just, I love it. <laughs> you know, to your earlier point, that Kit is like, yeah, bro, I know you like tortured me and shit for a very long time and you were going to sterilize me and you did put me in like a cell for a very long time where I was just like by myself. But yeah, cool, bro, you can murder me. Kit, <laughs> please murder me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but i guess we're meant to interpret it that we're meant to interpret it that oh kit's so you know he he loves grace so much that he would he would let this guy murder him just if it means that he could be closer to her right well alma yeah but this is the slightly problematic aspect of this storyline is that those two women become like literally interchangeable because he has a vision or some sort of hallucination mm. or dream where he's back at home with mm. Alma and she's pregnant, everything's great, and then suddenly it's Grace's face has been swapped it. And so it's like, I mm. feel, I know we've been standing Kit up to this point, but I feel like that's a little bit of a red flag that you mm. literally sort of see two women as being just the same interchangeable pregnant person. Mm. Well, maybe that's why the aliens love Kit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe the aliens are just a little bit misogynistic, so they're into it. So Kit gets murdered by Dr. Arden, and the aliens do appear, but we don't, actually, we, we don't actually see aliens. There's a lot of flashing lights, and Dr. Arden is like, yay, aliens, And but, you know, Kit is still dead there on his gurney but also grace is returned fully alive remember that she died a few episodes ago mm -hmm. but also this time she's like fully pregnant like nine months pregnant and pepper speaks very clearly quite eloquently and this is a this is a little nugget of a don't really know where this comes from don't really know what this means but oh hello there's something weird and alieny going on is Pepper an alien? Oh, oh I just thought that the aliens had like possessed her because they seem to be able to like maybe um control people's minds a little bit or like 
go inside of their skin. Really? You know how like aliens love to to wear human skin and walk around being like, I am human. I I thought it was a similar situation where they had somehow like Oh. I didn't get that from this season yet. Well Maybe I missed it. Because, like, I guess, like, every time the armor or grace, like, post-death has appeared, they they don't mm. really seem like themselves. They seem a little alien-y. <laughs> They're very like, hi, Kit. Everything's great. I love being pregnant. There's definitely not aliens inside <laughs> of here. I don't know. This was something... I That's just how I sort of assumed it, partially just reading, like, alien movie tropes. That's interesting but also I do wonder if it's like maybe because having been abducted and interfered with by aliens would probably leave you a little different without maybe needing to be fully possessed by an alien oh true yeah alien trauma let's let's we can call it that have we missed off anything that happens in this episode Oh, I guess I guess the only thing that we need to mention is just a little like this happened is that Lana mm-hmm. um tried to self abort um with a coat mm-hmm. hanger, hence the name of the episode coat hanger. Uh but we yep. know well Sister Satan told has told her that the abortion mm-hmm. was unsuccessful and also it's a boy. I, I guess we can probably just assume that she's right because she is Satan. So I don't feel like there's any yeah. reason not to believe her. But no. yeah, that's it. Satan does know everything. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's also it like ties in with, well, you know, because we literally meet the son of bloody yeah i think seen. by this point it's pretty obvious that <laughs> that, that yeah. Johnny, yeah. Johnny Morgan, the living whiskey whiskey rum cocktail <laughs> is is the son of bloody face and lana shall we move on to our categories for the episode yes did you have a favorite quote for this episode i will say i didn't i don't know i just there weren't a lot of like fun pieces of dialogue in this episode i feel like it was quite mm. dry because of the amount yeah just because the a pure amount of information <laughs> that we are being given <laughs> Um, I did just like, I liked when Sister Jude smashed the record and Lana just went, well, hot damn. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Nice. It was more in the delivery. She's like, well, hot damn. I like that. I want to use it more. How about you? I think one of my favorites is, um, bloody face. Oh, Papa bloody face. Where he's trying to convince Lana to not abort. And he goes, you know me, I can change. I have real determination. And it's like, you're an actual fucking serial killer, mate. Don't even. Uh, Bloody Face's lack of self-awareness is staggering. Yeah. I mean, I feel like serial killers tend to not be very self-aware. My <laughs> yes. judgment on that situation. <laughs> Except Ed Kemper. What a... He loved being self-aware. Is that Ed Kemper in real life or Ed Kemper on Mindhunter? It's very self-aware in Mindhunter for sure. But also very arrogant, so... Oh, yeah. Anyway, are there any sad butts? Again, we have remained buttless. <laughs> I don't know, I guess the Monsignor? 
We didn't. We don't see his butt. No. We see some ab, bit of ab. Um, I'm. I don't want to glorify the Monsignor in any way, even though he is played very well by Joseph Fiennes. What about the MVP of this episode? Are you gonna go with Satan? You know who's gonna win this week? The aliens. Oh, oh, hello. They're like, look, the aliens <laughs> have been like, it's been Satan this, Satan that for weeks now. It's our time. <laughs> We're dropping a pregnant lady right into the middle of this mix. So <laughs> enjoy that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Excellent. I'm going to go with... <laughs> My answers are always so basic. I'm going to go with uh, Baby Bloody Face. Because, you know, he gets to have the, um, the dynasty reveal moment. And also <laughs> he does get away for now. Yeah, because he kills the therapist and then he also kills the lady who walks in and says, I ate an entire bucket of chicken by myself last night. <laughs> yes. And he we, he is also shown um, making a mess of uh, killing Teresa. So that's Jenna Dewan's character from the very beginning of the season. He's been getting away with a lot of murdering. He's been busy. <laughs> And did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week? So, yes, this one's a bit complicated. Mm. The sister Satan, when she reveals to Lana that she's pregnant, says, bad news, the rabbit died. And this is a reference to an early form of pregnancy test known as the rabbit test or the Ashaim Zondek test, which was developed in 1927 and it was originally performed on mice or and and then i think rabbits after that and mm. you would inject the woman's urine into the mouse or the rabbit and then observe changes in the animal's reproductive organs during autopsy and so the the mouse or rabbit would be killed as part of the test but there was this misconception that the animal would only die if it was impregnant if it was injected with the urine of a pregnant woman hence the phrase the rabbit died meaning you're pregnant um I don't understand how any of that worked, so I can't comment on it, because why Why would the rabbit die if it was injected with pregnant lady urine? Seem, uh, seems unnecessarily cruel to a lot of poor mice and rabbits. Yeah, and I just also don't understand why the animal's reproductive organs would change, because mm. if you didn't kill them, would they then give birth to a human baby i i don't think so so <laughs> i don't well uh yeah i don't understand how if someone who knows science is listening and wants to explain to us if there is any real science behind that test i'd be very interested but right now it seems like complete utter crazy 1920s nonsense it sounds like something that dr charles montgomery would do yes yeah <laughs> yeah Except he would not kill the rabbit. He'd actually try and make it have a human baby. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, so what about cinema references this week? Did you pick up on any? I know. I was trying to think of the the crucifix scene, but that's just like mm. every every Bible movie. So yes. I didn't... I couldn't think... I don't know. 
is there a horror movie where that happens or i couldn't think well, of anything i can think of stigmata being one of the most um one of the first ones that came to mind because that's all about kind of the uh the lead character in that film kind of experiencing stigmata so kind of the physical manifestations of the wounds of christ when he was um crucified Mm. but the one that i actually wanted to bring up had to do with the alien abduction scene oh i mean there's a lot of alien abduction films and a lot of tv series that handle it you know one of my favorites, obviously, is the X-Files, but obviously ufology is very interesting field and there's been so many both debunked and kind of not debunked uh, first account experiences of people being abducted. But there was a film in the 90s called Fire in the Sky, which is a sci-fi film based on a kind of an alleged abduction and it was sort of a, a sort of a, a low budget film and it wasn't kind of very big. It's not, uh, you know, it doesn't have like any big recognizable stars or anything like that. I think like the most famous people in it are Peter Berg, who's now a director who made like the Battleship movie and used to be an actor. And uh, I think James Garner is in it for a bit. But there is a really, really amazing abduction scene. And it's like that's the bit that is quite um, iconic is a strong word, but it's kind of the most recognizable bit of the film is the way that the alien abduction takes place. And it's quite similar visually to the way that the alien abduction works in AHS as well. So that's, I don't necessarily think it's like a direct reference. It's not something as on the nose as say the peeping through, um, through the wall is to psycho, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, one of the visual references of the mood board of the episode oh that's really interesting i i don't know that film i will look it up i think that's it for this week's episode what can we expect from next week's okay get ready everyone because in the next episode we get the first ever american horror story musical episode (laughs) and this will become a thing so get ready there will be Lots of musical numbers in the future. Are we going to do a musical episode version of the podcast next week? Is it just going to be singing? Uh, I feel like I've done enough singing on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, not nearly enough, but also I don't really want to subject anyone to my singing because it's not. No, I like I have not been blessed with any musical talent whatsoever. So no one should have to endure that. Because you just gotta put your heart and your soul in it. I mean, it doesn't matter. You just gotta sing from your heart. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of American Horror Story Asylum. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. I'm at Clarice Lou. And I am at Anna B. Demented. S'en allait tout simplement routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon.